Hi everyone and welcome back to Maven's Athenaeum. Today I have for you a holiday special. I hope you'll enjoy. Technically, I don't celebrate Christmas and as of recently, I don't celebrate Yule either. I wanted to do a special episode for you guys where I talked about some of the traditional or ancient traditions for Christmas. One of the stories that really caught my eye was the story of the Icelandic Yule Cat. Most of you who know me know that I love my cats. I love cats, period. And the thought of a giant cat that roams the countryside ready to eat children and adults who don't have new clothes just felt really funny to me. Based in Icelandic folklore, the poem The Christmas Cat, written by Johannes Er Koltum, describes a gigantic and dangerous cat that prowls the countryside and catches people instead of mice during the Yuletide. This tale from the Middle Ages describes the times of Icelandic people where they labored all year for Christmas Eve where their employer would reward them with new clothes and shoes. If someone didn't receive new clothes, they would be eaten by the Yule Cat. It is supposedly a parable to avoid laziness and increase productivity. The threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those that did not would get nothing and thus fall prey to the Yule Cat. While searching for the original story of the Yule Cat, I was only able to find the poem. Every source that I searched said, here is a beloved poem that describes the Yule Cat, which is fine, but I like to read the original stories, or what Mr. McGee would say, the version of the story that was finally written down. Though considered an ancient tradition, Written accounts of the Yule Cat have only been located as recent as the 19th century. I'm now going to read this famed poem, which led me to create my Yule Cat sticker, which is being gifted to my patrons for Christmas and available for purchase on my Instagram. You all know the Yule Cat, and that cat has was huge indeed. People didn't know where he came from or where he went. He opened his glaring eyes wide, the two of them glowing bright. It took a really brave man to look straight into them, his whiskers sharp as bristles, his back arched up high, and the claws of his hairy paws were a terrible sight. He gave a wave of his strong tail, he jumped and he clawed and he hissed, sometimes up in the valley, sometimes down by the shore. He roamed at large, hungry and evil, in the freezing Yule snow. In every home, people shuddered at his name. If one heard a pitiful meow, something evil would happen soon. 
everybody knew that he hunted men and didn't care for mice. He picked on the very poor that no new garments got for Yule, who toiled and lived in dire need, from them he took in one fell swoop. Their whole Yule dinner, always eating it himself if he possibly could. Hence it was that the women at their spinning wheels sat spinning a colorful thread for a frock or even a little sock. Because you mustn't let the cat get a hold of the little children, they had to get something new to wear from the grown-ups each year. When the lights came on, on Yule Eve, and the cat peered in, the little children stood rosy and proud all dressed up in their new clothes. Some had gotten an apron, some had gotten shoes, or something that was needed, that's all that it took. For all who got something new to wear stayed out of the pussycat's grasp. He then gave an awful hiss, but went on his way. Whether he still exists, I do not know, but his visit would be in vain if next time everybody got something new to wear. Now you might be thinking of helping where help is needed most. Perhaps you'll find some children that have nothing at all. Perhaps searching for those that live in a lightless world will give you a happy day and a merry, merry Yule. Next, I'm going to read The Little Match Girl. This is a story that my grandma really likes, and I've already done an art piece on her, so I might do one again. Just a quick warning, it is a really sad story, and it does not have a happy ending. This is a short story by Hans Christian Andersen, an author that I really like because he also wrote The Snow Queen, which is what Frozen is based off. It was so terribly cold. Snow was falling and it was almost dark. Evening came on, the last evening of the year. In the cold and gloom, a poor little girl, bareheaded and barefoot, was walking through the streets. Of course, when she left her house, she'd had her slippers on, but what good had they been? They were very big slippers, way too big for her, for they'd belonged to her mother. The little girl had lost them running across the road, where two carriages had rattled by terribly fast. One slipper she'd not been able to find again, and a boy had run off with the other, saying he could use it very well as a cradle someday when he had children of his own. So when the little girl walked on her naked feet, which were quite red and blue with the cold, in an old apron she carried several packages of matches, and she held a box of them in her hand. No one had bought any from her all day long, and no one had given her a cent. Shivering with cold and hunger, she crept along, a picture of misery, poor little girl. The snowflakes fell on her long, fair hair, which hung in pretty curls over her neck. In all the windows, lights were shining, and there was a wonderful smell of roast goose, for it was New Year's Eve, yes, she thought of that. In a corner formed by two houses, one which projected farther out into the street than the other, she sat down and drew up her little feet underneath her. She was getting colder and colder, but did not dare go home, for she had sold no matches, nor earned a single cent, and her father would surely beat her. 
Besides, it was cold at home. They had nothing over them but a roof through which the wind whistled, even though the biggest cracks had been stuffed with straw and rags. Her hands were almost dead with cold. Oh, how much one little match might warm her. If she could only take one from the box and rub it against the wall and warm her hands, she drew one out. She watched how it sputtered and burned. It made a warm, bright flame, like a little candle. As she held her hands over it, but it gave a strange light. It really seemed to the little girl as if she were sitting before a great iron stove with shining brass knobs and a brass cover. How wonderfully the fire burned. How comfortable it was. The youngster stretched out her feet to warm them too when the little flame went out. The stove vanished and she had only the remains of the burnt match in her hand. She struck another match against the wall. It burned brightly, and when the light fell upon the wall, it became transparent like a thin veil. She could see through into a room. On a table, a snow-white cloth was spread, and on it stood a shining dinner service, gloriously stuffed with apples and prunes. And what was still better, the goose jumped down from the dish and waddled along the floor with a knife and fork in its breast, right over to the little girl. When the match went out, and she could only see the thick cold wall. She lighted another match. Then she was sitting under the most beautiful Christmas tree. It was much larger and much more beautiful than the one she had seen last Christmas through the glass door at the rich merchant's home. Thousands of candles burned on the green branches, and colored pictures like those in the print shops looked down at her. The little girl reached both of her hands towards them. Then the match went out. But the Christmas lights mounted higher. She saw them now as bright as the stars in the sky. One of them fell down, forming a long line of fire. Now someone is dying, thought the little girl. For her old grandmother, the only person who had ever loved her, and who was now dead, had told her that when a star fell down, a soul went up to God. She rubbed another match against the wall. It became bright again, and in the glow, the old grandmother stood clear and shining, kind and lovely. Grandmother, the child cried. Oh, take me with you. I know you will disappear when the match is burnt out. Will you vanish like the warm stove and the wonderful roast goose and the big, beautiful Christmas tree? She quickly struck the whole bundle of matches, for she wished to keep her grandmother with her. And the matches burned with such a glow that it became brighter than daylight. Grandmother had never been so grand and beautiful. She took the little girl in her arms, and both of them flew in brightness and joy above the earth, very, very high. And up there was neither cold nor hunger nor fear, for they were with God. But in the corner, leaning against the wall, sat the little girl with red cheeks and smiling mouth, frozen to death on the last evening of the old year. The New Year's sun rose upon the little pathetic figure. The child sat there, stiff and cold, holding the matches of which one bundle was almost burned. She wanted to warm herself, the people said. No one imagined what beautiful things she had seen 
and how happily she had gone with her old grandmother into the bright new year. I have a story for you from Italy. The Legend of La Bafana. The legend of La Bafana is a widespread and beloved tradition in Italy and Italian traditions. Originating in Rome, but spread throughout the country and wherever its heritage has traveled. There is some dispute as to how La Bafana was named, some thinking that this is a mispronunciation of the Greek word epiphana or epiphany. Others say that the name is derivative of Bastrine and the gifts that are associated with the goddess Strina. La Bafana is connected to the remnants of Saturnalia or the celebration of Epiphany. The first of the year is when Romans would traditionally give gifts. The story goes as follows. An old, kind witch was sweeping her porch, trying to banish the dust and grime that had accumulated. She cleaned late into sunset, thinking that she was almost done, but always finding something else that needed to be cleaned. At the same time, the three wise men were traveling, following the Star of Bethlehem, and they had stopped to ask the old woman for directions, explaining that they were looking for the newborn child of heaven. Each of the wise men carried extravagant gifts and dressed like kings, as they were. Although La Bafana could not help them with directions, she offered them a place to stay and food to eat. The wise men were pleased to accept a stay at a clean and tidy house. La Bafana was well known for keeping a meticulous household and being very welcoming to guests. The wise men, thankful for their host, invited her to join them on their journey to find the Christ child. La Bafana declined, explaining that she still had more house cleaning to do. The wise men left at first light, thanking La Bafana for her hospitality. Later in the evening, though, after she had finished all of her chores, La Bafana had a change of heart. She now realized how important the offer had been. Unfortunately, the wise men were long gone, and it would be impossible for her to find them or catch up. Wishing to do her best, as always, she packed candies, baked goods, and honey for the Christ child, packed them in a large bag, and took off into the night sky, trying to find the baby Jesus. La Bafana soared through the sky, following the star that the three wise men had pointed out, but could not find the men with their luxurious gifts and clothes. Saddened that she was unable to find the baby Jesus, La Bafana decided that she would gift all of the children in her village with the gifts that she had made for Jesus, thinking to herself that you could always find Jesus in the heart of every child. La Bafana is known for filling the stockings of children with cakes and treats if she thinks that the children have been good. If she thinks that the children have been troublemakers and up to no good, she gives them coal, garlic, or onions. It is also said that La Bufana does not require you to have stockings above your chimney because she will sometimes bring her own. This is a tradition that is still honored in Italy today, and many people celebrate 
occur on January 6th, the Feast of Epiphany, by dressing up as La Bufana. Now I take you to Russia to tell you the story of the Snow Maiden. Once upon a time, there lived an old man and an old woman. They had a good life, but they had always regretted that they didn't have any children. One lovely winter day, the couple saw some neighborhood children playing in the snow, and the disappointment of not having a child of their own hurt more than ever. The old man turned to his wife and said, let's go outside and build a snow girl. It'll be like the daughter that we never had. And so the two built a snow maiden carefully forming her hands, her feet, a cute little nose, her mouth, and her chin. Seconds after they finished the snow girl's lift, suddenly they turned red and her eyes began to open. She smiled warmly at the old couple and shook the flakes off of her body. She emerged from the snowdrift as a pretty young girl. The old couple was overjoyed, took her into their hut, and named her the Snow Maiden. The Snow Maiden grew quickly, not by the day, but by the hour. Before long, she became quite beautiful and the old couple doted on her. The snow maiden was a dream child. She always did her chores, never complained, and was very affectionate. When she sang a melody, it was as if an angel from heaven were singing it just for them. The snow maiden spent much time outdoors. She liked the feel of the cool breeze on her fair skin and enjoyed spending time with the small creatures of the forest. But winter soon passed and the warm sun of spring started to heat the land. The girl now became quite depressed. What is the matter? The old woman would ask. Are you not feeling well? No, mother, I'm fine, she would reply. But there was no denying that something was wrong. And as the snow melted, and flowers began to grow in the meadows, and the larks began to sing, the girl became even sadder. And she would hide from the sun at every opportunity. Once dark clouds moved through, bringing them a flurry of hail. The girl rejoiced, looking at the stones of hail as if they were giant pearls. But soon the hail melted, and the girl cried. Summer arrived, and one day a group of girls called out to the snow maiden, Come out with us for a walk in the woods. The snow maiden did not want to go, but her parents urged her, saying, Go play with them, dear. You'll have fun. So she went with the girls who began collecting flowers, singing songs, and dancing. The snow maiden did not join in, though she was not having a very good time. Then it began to get dark, and the other girls made fire from some twigs that they had collected. They continued to laugh and sing, and the snow maiden could see how much fun the girls were having. Finally, she decided to join in. For the first time since winter, a smile formed on her face as she laughed, sang, and danced with the others. Then one by one, the other girls began playfully jumping over the small fire they had built. The snow maiden jumped over when it was her turn, but halfway through her leap, suddenly she melted and turned into a white cloud. A faint goodbye was heard before the cloud rose up and disappeared into the heavens.
thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this special episode of holiday-themed stories. This is not a replacement for the monthly episode that comes out every month on the 1st. There will still be an episode on the 1st of January where I review The Dreamer and the Marked by Eric Fenn. I'd like to express my thanks and gratitude to all of the patrons that I've had this year, the ones that are still here at the end. I'm hoping to make you guys a special anniversary present for sticking out, out sticking it out this long. I know that I've changed up my content a couple of times. I've changed how I've formatted my Patreon and I've changed a lot of my procedures. So I really appreciate everybody who's stuck around. Thank you so much for all of the support that I'm getting. I also wanted to say how thankful and grateful I am for my friends and family. I truly wouldn't be here and be able to do this without their support, without their continual cheering for me, especially my fiancé Hunter. I have no idea if he's going to listen to this, but you guys would not be getting any of this awesome art without him. He gave me my iPad for Christmas. It's been a great upgrade. I'm so happy with it. I hope that everybody has a warm, safe, and happy winter, whether you celebrate any holidays or not. If you travel, please be safe. A lot of us have loved ones that work over the road. A lot of us have people that we care about whose jobs involve traveling. Remember to be kind to your service workers like flight attendants and your dinners. Be kind to your service workers like flight staff, wait staff. If you are interested in supporting me, this podcast, the artwork that I do, or seeing my novel, the best way to do that is to follow me on Patreon. There are some free aspects of my Patreon where the public can view it. The only thing that you're going to need to do is create a Patreon account, which is free. You'll also be able to access a lot of other creators' free content. My free content includes a monthly vote for which book I will read and consequently review. If you want to support me financially, you can select one of my seven tiers, which will be monthly build that amount. You can sort of pick how much you want to support and I will correctly place you in the tier that best fits that donation. If you just want to see the kind of content that I make, 
or keep up with the updates, the changes, or the, just the finished art pieces, you can follow me on practically any platform at The Happiest Pumpkin. I am on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Happiest Pumpkin. You can reach me there or by email at mavenpage at gmail.com. That's M-A-E-V-Y-N-P-A-I-G-E at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if you could like and subscribe, that would really help too. Thank you. Thank you.